0: Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. Here's your host, Marcus Grant.
1: What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. It's me, your man, M.G., Marcus Grant, still masking and socially distancing when and where necessary. And... This is it. This is our last streaming show of the year. We were counting. It is an even 50 uh, that we have done since the start of the season, and uh, certainly grateful to everybody who has Followed along, watched, Uh, hopefully we entertained, hopefully we informed, hopefully we helped. But we're not done. We still have one more show. We know there's some of you out there who are still playing in season-long leagues through Week 17. We know there are probably even more of you who may be playing some daily fantasy in Week 17. So we've got some information to sort of help you out. Adam Rank will join us as he does normally on Wednesdays. He's got his last round of starts and sits to help you out with that. We've got some daily fantasy values for you. One more time for those of you playing DFS over the weekend. And uh, we'll look ahead, and spoiler alert, in case you just don't want to know, but we're going to tell you who the MVP in fantasy is going to be in the 2021 season. So we'll do all that and plenty more, but... As we always are on Wednesday, joined by the one and only Adam Rank, who uh, is again rocking the specs, which I always appreciate. And uh, we've made it to week seventeen. I know there were weeks where it seemed uh, a little bit dubious, but we we figured out a way to pull through, and and here we are. We have made it to the finish line right now.
2: Yeah, it seems a little bizarre because when you think of where we were, like. In week one, you are like, yeah, I hope we, you know, you are trying to get through it and everything this year, especially because I know a lot of years the seasons can fly by. This one seems like week seven. Week one was like four years ago. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I forgot. Like that was a thing, and so it's good to be at this point and it's good to be moving on. I will say this, and um, I started my stardom situm column this this week with this note: if you are playing week seventeen on purpose. Because you've done it for years. Don't don't let anybody tell you other. Uh, otherwise, I don't care. Like, don't block out the noise. <laughs> it's like the people who don't want to let me enjoy Wonder Woman 84. I don't care if you thought it was stupid. Shut up about it. I enjoyed it. Don't take it away from me. So if you're one of those people that play Week 17 Fantasy, do your thing, man. Whatever. Like, I I prefer not to. And I will say anybody, if you're in a first-year fantasy league, and you've never done fantasy before, and this was your first four-way into fantasy, and you found yourself in a week seventeen game. We will tell you why we not prefer, why we don't prefer it a little bit later on in the show. But listen, week seventeen diehards, do your thing.
1: I enjoyed Wonder Woman eighty four. Um, you know, I, right? I thought it was good. Like I'm not going to sit here and pretend it's a perfect movie, but very few things are. I mean, besides, like you know, oh, yes, you know. Pulp Fiction and like The Room, but you know beyond that, I actually thought it was, <laughs> yes, I thought it was a good time. So uh, I don't really understand where all the haters are coming from. Other than I think I think we just reflexively uh, like to dump on DC movies, but I thought this was a good one. So
2: no, yeah. no, no, because it because you know what? Like Marvel movies are the Nickelback of comic book movies. Wow. They're poppy and fun, and nobody nobody curses, and and Samuel L. Jackson can't have a like Nick Fury is known for having a cigar. <laughs> have you ever seen Nick Fury with a cigar in a Marvel movie? You have not. Mm, so That's a
1: good point. Remember that. Never thought about that. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed Wonder Woman 84. I thought it was perfectly fun. Um, my last point on that, I know we're off on a tangent, because that's what we do on this show. But uh, I feel like, I feel like it, it separates the line between superhero movies and comic book movies. And I thought it was a great comic book movie. Um, you know, Yeah. So, it was anyway. fun. That's yeah, Enough of that. All right. Uh, Let's get into a few fantasy headlines uh, as we start off our final show of the season. Uh, The first one, uh, a bit of sad news. Dalvin Cook uh, is not with the Vikings right now. He headed home because of the death of his father. Uh, Will not be available for the Vikings for their Week 17 contest against the Detroit Lions. First and foremost, uh, condolences to Dalvin Cook. Uh, Best wishes and thoughts and prayers out to his family uh, as they deal with that. Now the always awkward pivot back to fantasy because that is what we do. No Dalvin Cook this week against a Lions defense that has struggled all year long. Uh, is it as simple as, you know, if you're playing in a DFS, if you're playing a DFS lineup or if, if you're playing in, in season-long leagues, uh, just make the pivot to Alexander Madison and or Mike Boone this week? Is it just that easy?
2: I think it would be. And again, I, I, I want to re- uh, echo the, your sentiments too, you know, having been in that situation as as well. Knowing what Dalvin Cook is going through, so we wish him the very best. And I know that, people, this is the way your mind works, now you want to know. But, yeah, I guess it's an easy pivot. And that
1: I just want to leave it at that. Like that,
2: however you want to feel about life, do your thing, it would be an easy pivot. If that is the answer that I have to give, yes.
1: Yeah, all right. That's that's enough of that. Um, Jalen Hurts is going to get the start in Week 17 for the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know why this was – surprising or needed to be announced I I woke up I don't know about you rank I woke up on Monday morning uh, and I'm scrolling through Twitter and I'm seeing people talk about Nate Sudfeld possibly getting the start for the Eagles and I'm thinking is it because Jalen Hurts had a not great second half I'm like I don't I don't understand why they would uh, be having this conversation I know he wasn't lights out against the Cowboys uh, the way he had been the previous two weeks so he's getting the start against Washington. I'm not surprised, but the question is, are we back on the bandwagon after sort of being disappointed last week?
2: Okay, I want to make sure that it's it's noted that I've always been on the bandwagon. It is, I've always been a Jalen Hurts guy, and I wanted the Bears to draft him. You can go through my Instagram feed and find the thing where I am advocating the Bears take him. So I've always been on the bandwagon. I will continue to remain on the bandwagon. Two things – from this game that i want people to note is it wasn't as bad as a lot of people thought it was you know looking back in hindsight uh obviously if you started him over tom brady or josh allen you're probably hating yourself right now (laughs) but like his knees were down on that fumble which there was a couple things that i don't know if we'll get a chance to talk to al river on this summer like number one his knees were down how did you not see that number two I thought when a quarterback started going to the ground, he was down anyways, like started to give himself up. Why is that? The play's dead. It's where he starts his dive or slide. I want ex- I want an explanation here.
1: Uh, I, I don't have an explanation. I just know that right now my kid is upset about it and is trashing all of his Legos as he thinks about what he did in terms of starting Jalen Hurts uh, last week. Uh, I don't really get it. I, I, I thought he was down. I think everybody watch that game thought he was down and if he doesn't fumble it's a 20 point game which again I know it doesn't beat out you know Tom Brady or or Josh Allen um but maybe you feel better about it I don't know um he probably drives in for a score that's, no, that's the big a, thing that's a good point too yeah if he maybe he throws a touchdown maybe better yet he runs a touchdown and you're talking about a completely different uh, set of circumstances for Jalen Hurts in that one uh I mean I don't know if I necessarily would would throw him in a a daily lineup this week against Washington because, you know, their defense is really good and they have a lot to play for. I mean, you know, they win. They can get in the playoffs with a win. So they have a lot to play for. So maybe I would avoid Jalen Hurts this week. Um, But I feel like the future is bright for him. The ceiling is high going forward. So we'll we'll see what happens with him in in 2021. Uh, The Rams are in a must-win game this week against the Cardinals uh, fighting for their playoff lives. And they are going to do it uh, essentially with sort of one hand tied behind their back, at least you know figuratively, maybe even literally. I don't know if the NFL's put that rule in this week. I'm not sure, but uh, no, no. Jared Goff, he's having thumb surgery. Hopes to be back if they make the playoffs. Uh, Daryl Henderson is out with a high ankle sprain. Cooper Cup has been put on the COVID-19 reserve list. They're hoping to get Cam Akers back, but they're not sure about it. So they're down a lot of key pieces in this one. Are there any Rams left that you would consider starting? like, okay, I guess I guess it's Robert Woods, Tyler Higby, any, any of those guys uh, kind of float your boat this week with so many guys missing.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're in a Week 17 championship game, I think Bobby Trees is somebody I would feel very confident in, and maybe even going with Josh Reynolds, because I don't think that losing West Coast Trubisky <laughs> is the worst thing for this Rams team. And as a matter of fact, the Rams are going to come out and win this game. This is one of those situations that we see time and time again the Rams have already got their playoff spot already solidified. Sean McVay is going to go out and expose how much of, how much better he is at coaching football than Cliff Kingsbury. He's going to go out there and really put on an exhibition. And I think having somebody like John Wolford will just be able to show how good he is. It's kind of like when Kyle Shanahan gets those first couple of starts with like Nicky Mullins or C.J. Beathard or somebody like that. They go out there and play really well because nobody has the tape on them. And it's just a coach out there able to scheme up his guy that he knows so well, and he's going to do it to the Cardinals. And I'm saying this is a bears fan who figures the bears are going to lose to the Packers, but I don't care. I, I, I have the most, I I think that when everybody continues to get after the Rams in like, Oh, they got no shot. That just means they've got the best shot of the entire weekend.
1: I, I know it's going to be John Wolford that probably gets the start, but part of me really wants to see Blake Bortles come in and, and lock things up for the Rams. I mean, I just think that'd be a great story, um, but whatever. I, I would I would still plug in Robert Woods because I think, if anything, they're going to find ways to get him the ball creatively. Maybe if I want to just YOLO it, I put in Malcolm Brown and hope he gets a couple of goal line carries and scores a touchdown because that is certainly uh, in play this week. But, um, yeah, I, I'm curious to see. you know If John Wolford comes and balls out, there's going to be, I think a legitimate argument about what happens in the offseason with the Rams quarterback spot. Um, you know, I know they're paying oh, golf you know, a ton of money, that's uh, whatever.
2: Yeah, that's dude, that's happening. Like that is a legitimate <laughs> thing that is going to happen.
1: Uh, all right. Uh, last one here. Mason Rudolph is going to start in week 17 for the Steelers against the Cleveland Browns. And this is not an injury situation. This is just the Steelers have won the division they are locked into a playoff seed, and so Mike Tomlin is going to give Ben Roethlisberger some rest. And so uh, we were talking at the top of the show about you know the wisdom or lack thereof potentially to play in Week 17, I, and this is sort of it right here for for teams that are you know deciding arbitrarily to sit players. That impact your fantasy lineup. Um, this is not some. This is not hollow chess. This is not you know you letting the Wookiee win or anything like that. Uh, this is you making things unnecessarily difficult. So this is why I am uh, not a proponent of playing Week 17. Uh, I don't know if you have any particular thoughts on that, but I also want to know if you believe in any of the Steelers wide receivers with Mason Rudolph.
2: Again, it's not my way. I would prefer to play in Week 16 for situations like this. But again, if you are a Week 17 diehard, like do your thing, man. Like it's it's all good to me. I I don't care the one the one Steeler receiver I do kind of like though. I know Deontay Johnson has outperformed everybody. I would rock with Juju. I think that he has the most chemistry with Mason Rudolph. If you can, I mean, if anybody can have chemistry with Mason Rudolph, but I I think that Juju would still be a pretty decent play this week, and mostly because I have him and starts it, and I don't want to go back and change it. <laughs> listen, that's what I know. I'm, I'm teasing, but I, I, really do. I was thinking about that. Cause I, I was like, Oh, like this is where you would want to play the Browns defense, obviously. But I'm like, man, one of these Steelers receivers, is going to go off. Like, I just know it. And even though De- Deontay Johnson has clearly moved into the number one role for the Steelers, I think that
1: Juju is a guy that I would go with this week. I, I have kind of stayed with Juju in part because I am a USC Homer, but also cause uh, he has been, of consistently the most productive i I think we all like deontay johnson based on his talent um but he has been kind of up and down especially the last few weeks he's been dealing with the drops and mike tomlin doesn't seem all that thrilled about it uh when everything is right deontay johnson's the best receiver on this team but you know in terms of just actual production look as as michael f florio said on this show a couple of weeks ago you know it's one thing to look at talent uh we're looking at production and production wise juju has just been better and so that's the guy that i would tend to rock with in this situation which really all this means is that james washington is going to go out and have the game oh line. yeah that's that's oh gosh yeah the oklahoma state thing yeah you uh, know they sense. were teammates in college you yeah, know we can run with that old narrative again too so uh we'll see Stupid what happens it, wait it worked with cj befford and, and in george Kittle. yeah that's just because george Kittle is a monster <laughs> like, yeah, he is the best I don't, yeah. I don't know that james washington rises quite to that level Uh, in the Steelers' offense. Uh, All right. Uh, Today's show is sponsored by DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week, so download the DraftKings app now, use code TEAM during sign-up, and start feeling the sweat like never before. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's time for secure starts presented by visa for peace of mind online Visa's got you covered Adam rank with one last go around for the starts and sits for week 17 for the 2020 season so uh, let's just dive right into it quarterback who are uh, your starts of the week
2: Tom Brady and this was you know what this is one of the things like I know that when we pick people up in the draft, we feel very good about ourselves. The analysis that I gave after Tom Brady's miserable game against this, the New Orleans Saints is something that I'm going to look back and be like, oh, I nailed that one because he's been great <laughs> every step of no every step of the way since that game. And I remember because I had I had Russell Wilson in a league, and I just knew that Russell Wilson's schedule was brutal. I didn't want to start him in the playoffs. Somebody dropped Brady after that game against the Saints. I picked him up. He's had double digit touch or double digit, he's had at least two touchdowns in every game since. He's had well over 300 yards and three out of his last five, I believe it is. It's very good. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And Bruce Arians came out this week and said that the Bucs are absolutely going to try. So we love it. So you start Tom Brady. Also like Justin Herbert this week as well. Number one, Anthony Lynn is playing. He's coaching for his job. And this is perfect Chargers football. Once you've been eliminated, you play the best football (laughs) of your life. And you know what? They're going to go out this week and face the chiefs who have nothing to play for. And they're going to beat the chiefs and Herbert's going to throw for 400 yards. And Anthony Lynn is going to keep his job because they're going to be like, look, they won their last four games. Like they've got all this momentum. They've got a great quarterback. Let's not switch anything. And then next year they're going to miss the playoffs again. And Justin Herbert is going to be in the same position. He was this season. Spare this young man, send him somewhere. Like, I don't know where, I don't know who else needs a quarterback, but let Justin Herbert free, like free <laughs> Justin Herbert. I'm already bummed that we're going to be looking back on his career someday and be like, that sucks that he played for the Chargers all those years. Never went to the playoffs and he's thrown for 90,000 yards. But you know what? Cause every, cause every year they'll win their last five and save Anthony. Anthony Lynn will have as much tenure as Bill Belichick cause they'll win their last five games of the season every year. But I, but so then start Justin Herbert. I guess I could have just summed it up that with that. Sorry, I, I got carried the, away. I love that he hasn't
1: have played a full season, and we're already doing the free Justin Herbert thing right now. <laughs> this is this is where we are. Uh, by the way, it's, yeah, has a weird bookend. I mean, it was it was against the Chiefs where he made his first start this season, where he had to you know oh, kind yeah. of he had to jump in because Tyrod Taylor wasn't available, and then he ended up in through for three hundred yards and had twenty two fantasy points. We're like, hey, maybe this guy could be something. Uh, and here we I like are.
2: how you glossed over wasn't
1: available. Um, yeah. You know, there were a whole series of events that we don't really need to get into right now. They that were, was... look, They were beyond Tyrod's control. Let's just say that. Yes. All right. They were beyond his control. Um, running backs. Let's get back on track. Who are we starting at running back this week?
2: I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon, a player that I've been trying to get rid of all year. Like him and David Johnson were two guys that I was not enthused about having on either one of my rosters. And, They've come through. They've been very clutch. And the one thing that I love about Melvin this week is his matchup against the Raiders. We saw what Miles Gaskin was able to do. The Raiders team, like, they're out of the playoffs. The Broncos are out of the playoffs. It doesn't really matter to a lot of people, except I think Melvin Gordon is going to go out there and have one. Of the, again, Just he's been playing great, so I don't want to take anything away from him. He's going to continue to have a good game. And let's talk about Jonathan Taylor for a moment. Now, this is a fun one because we love Jonathan Taylor at the beginning of the season. And then through some bits and starts, we're like, "Oh, it was so close!" Finally, hit that groove down the stretch. So people who started them in Week 16 championships, we all benefited. You know, this was huge. This was great. Got us a title. We love it. But for those of you who are playing in Week 17, the good news is the Colts folded. Like Philip, you can take Philip Rivers out of the Chargers. You can't take the Chargers out of Philip Rivers. <laughs> and he found a way to lose a game when he was up by 17 with a chance to clinch a playoff berth, which instead gives everybody playing this week the opportunity to get Jonathan Taylor into your lineup in a perfect matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like that, this would have been a game likely where he was on the bench. Like they would have just been resting their starters. It would have been great. But Phillip Rivers did the job for you. Now you get to start Jonathan Taylor this week.
1: Maybe Philip Rivers plays in a week 17 championship and just wanted to make sure that he'd have some relevant Maybe. players available to him. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Is this son? Is his son? Is his son, there, there? Is his son starting Jonathan check. Taylor? Who do his kids have on their fantasy teams? We should make that a note. We um, have to start looking at that. We have to start examining these things. Uh, wide receiver. Who are your, your starts of the week?
2: I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley. And I will say this. Anytime the fantasy community draws a consensus on a player, like with Jalen Hurts last week, go the other way. Although I will say the fantasy community was lockstop in saying that Calvin Ridley was going to have a huge breakout this season, and he absolutely did. Even in the absence of Julio Jones, he's been playing some great football, had a great game last week against the Chiefs. The matchup against the Bucs is a little bit tougher, but I would start him this week without any hesitation. And another receiver that I really like this week is T. Higgins, who – Normally you look at a matchup against the Baltimore Ravens and you think, Oh, I don't want to start him." You know, the Ravens tough defense, but over the last month, the Ravens have allowed the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. So T Higgins is absolutely a great option this week. And this is going to be a player. I'm not saying that he's going to be the Calvin Ridley of this year, who is the Chris Godwin of the year before, but watch out in the off season, Cause I think that we can all agree like Justin, Justin Jefferson, the secrets out like he's just a great player. I think T. Higgins is going to be that Calvin Ridley-type player
1: next season, especially if Joey Burrow returns and is ready to go. This is such a really good year for, for rookie-wide receivers. I mean, you know, head, uh, headliners were, were Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, without a doubt. But guys like T. Higgins uh, stepped up and played well. I mean, there are so many guys that, that really stepped up. So next year is going to be really, really interesting for Higgins uh, and a whole lot of other people. Uh, all right, tight ends, uh, you know, the non-Travis Kelsey george kittle i guess division darren waller division waller Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) it's three
2: (laughs) it's three like waller has announced himself like seth rollins in wrestlemania 31 where he cashed in his money in the bank during the brock lesnar and roman reigns match like that's darren waller now like he's joined that club so those three are the most automatic so i'll talk about jimmy graham for a moment because Obviously the bears took a lot of heat during the off season for signing Jimmy Graham. They already had eight other dudes on the roster, but the the, the dirty little secret is, is that Jimmy Graham has played pretty well this year. And I know that this is going to be a tough match for the bears and nobody's given them a chance, but I think this is a good opportunity for Jimmy Graham, who has shown quite a knack for getting into the end zone, especially over the last couple of weeks. Mitch Trubisky loves him. I mean, Nick kind of favored Cole commit, but it really seems like Mitch Trubisky loves him. I'm happy to go with Jimmy Graham this week. And of course, Bob Tunyon, who was a disappointment last week, but you guys need to back off because this was a waiver wire guy that you added during the season. He scored 10 touchdowns for you. I'm sorry that in week 16, it did not happen. This, these are the things that happen with these players, but I think that this is a good matchup for them. I honestly, like if I can give you my honest assessment, uh, the way this Bears-Packers game is going to go, Please. I really do believe it's going to be high scoring. I do believe the Bears are going to be able to put up some points. I do think that this is going to be – I mean, they're not going to get embarrassed. I'm already just anticipating, like, something quirky happening. But I really do have a lot of faith that the Bears can score some points on this Packers team. Don't let the don't let the fraudulent Titans scare you off of this. <laughs> like, don't think that this Packers defense is all of a sudden good. It's not. And I think the Bears will be able to expose that.
1: I have noticed this week a theme, though, that you have uh, you know been advocating a lot of Packers to start. You have really been uh, very praiseful of Aaron Rodgers, and you know I, I just can't help but think that there's a little motivation behind. Hold
2: on, that. hold on. Listen, this is a, This has been a theme that's happened all year. <laughs> I was the guy. I was like, I feel one of the the only fantasy enthusiasts out there who really thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to have a great season. And I know – and this is one of the – our friend Patrick Claibon just does not believe in players being motivated. I don't know what (laughs) his thing is. I wish we could get him on the show because I would love to have – I want to devote 40 minutes of this. like Patrick, they're human beings, and there is no player in the NFL who is more petty than Aaron Rodgers, which is like – for an athlete, kind of a good thing. Like Michael (laughs) Jordan was like that. Did you not watch the last dance and like how he would turn any sort of little That's when I took it personal. It's like, he didn't, he didn't say hello to you from a, from a cab three lanes over. Like, how is, how are you upset about that? So that is a thing. Like these at, like it's, it's not great. Like you shouldn't do that in normal life, but for athletes, it works out perfect. And I knew, that Aaron Rodgers was going to come out and have a great season. I didn't think that the defense was going to hold up their end of the bargain, but they've been good enough. And so they've exceeded the win total that I put out for them. But I thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to be very good. And every time that I've come out and said, Aaron Rodgers is going to be good. He's been good. So I'm not, I'm not trying to be cute. I'm just (laughs) trying to give you the straight dope. I've been pretty close. Like I know it's funny when you do predictions, I have to wonder like when people like, you know, you do a prediction, And I'll have a team being like nine and seven, making the playoffs like, you're wrong. They won 12 games. It's like, bro, do you watch golf and get upset when they don't hit a hole in one every time? Like sometimes you just landed on the green and I'm going to have to two putt it for par. Like you're fine. But uh, I think I've been pretty spot on with the Packers. Sorry again. I derailed the show.
1: That's all right. That's fair enough. Uh, I think you were one of the few. I think a lot of us were like, I know I was kind of like, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be meh. We all love Devontae Adams, didn't think Aaron Rodgers would be super great, but uh, you know, here we are. He looks like the old Aaron Rodgers again, and the petty party uh, has continued all year. Um, all right, that takes us to our stardom defenses for the week. Uh, who are some defenses you're looking at? Well, I'm going to look at the
2: Tampa Bay Buccaneers because, uh, number one, a team that is going to be trying very hard Or still. You know, Bruce Arians wants to go out there and win. Matt Ryan can turn the football, but Matt Ryan's actually been playing very well as of late. He has five touchdowns and no interceptions. He has put the ball on the ground a couple of times, but they recovered it. I still will take the Buccaneers in this instance. I think this is kind of a a good opportunity for them. The one team that I really like to play this week though, is the Dallas Cowboys. I think their matchup against the New York Giants is perfect. Danny Dimes turns the ball over a lot. There's, so there's going to be chances there. And of course the Cowboys have something to play for. They're playing to get into the playoffs. I'm sort of pulling. No, I'm not pulling for him. I was going to say sort of, <laughs> cause it's kind of fun. Well, you just want it to be ridiculous, like a ridiculous team. I'm actually pulling uh, for the football team. Cause Ron Rivera, 86 or 85 bear. I think he was on the 86 team too, as well. And uh, Brody Lee was a huge Washington FT fan. So I'm actually pulling for the FT, but If you need a defense, you can stream those Dallas Cowboys.
1: I do sort of like the Cowboys this week. Um, That might be a tease to something that that happens later in the show, but I do think that's a good matchup just because uh, Daniel Jones is a a walking turnover machine, so uh, there's a good opportunity there for for them to to put up some fantasy points. Uh, All right, that was Secure Starts presented by Visa. Now, because apparently a lot of you out there, especially who watch the YouTubes like negativity, uh, we're going to do some sits. not going to do as many sits this week, but we're going to do a few sits. uh, So we don't have to spend a lot of time on them. Uh, Who is your quarterback that you're avoiding?
2: Well, I'm going to go with Drew Brees. And by the way, can I say one thing? Like during that game with the Vikings, I said that Kirk Cousins was the quarterback equivalent of getting mittens for Christmas. And apparently (laughs) people in Minnesota hate mittens because they were pissed. Like they were so (laughs) mad. Like, how dare you? Who's the Bears quarterback? Like, first of all, shut up.
1: We're not talking about the bears quarterback.
2: Okay. We're talking about your quarterback. Who is the, he's like mittens mittens are great. They're fine. Like they're very practical. They're very useful. Yeah. They're good. Like, yeah. why would, why would I hate mittens? They're fine. They're not exceptional. And I think that was the point that obviously, and I understand Viking fans are triggered because their team missed the playoffs as I predicted funny, I remember getting added so much in June, in July, about how I was an idiot, and the Vikings are winning the division. All those guys, I, I haven't seen it. Well, mostly because I muted them, but mo- I can't. So, <laughs> haven't seen, haven't seen my proper's yet. So, yeah. So, Kirk Cousins is mittens, but it also leads like, well, what is what is Drew Brees then? Because I was, this is where I'm getting at. It's like, <laughs> what is Drew Brees? I go, Drew Brees is like being re-gifted an original members only jacket from the eighties that was worn by a smoker who also doused himself in Aqua Velva. That's Drew Brees currently like a he's, he's not, he he was like, yeah, he was, he was something back in the day. I don't want any part of it now. And so I look at what he did. It, it really is great because Drew Brees, I don't want to like, he's the members only jacket. So he's going to hand the ball off to Alvin Kamara. This is why for fantasy purposes, We want Drew Brees as the quarterback because he's happy to give it to Alvin Kamara. Oh, that and his kids starting like that makes a lot of sense now. So his kids starting Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill's like, no, bro, I'm taking that ball and I'm running it, you know. And by the way, if they're going to ever beat the Packers, Taysom Hill has to be their quarterback because he'll run it down their throats. But anyways, that's a story for another day. Uh, So I'm not starting Drew Brees. That's one. That's my sit. Sorry. That was a lot longer than I think you wanted it to be. So two things, it's, you know, that. it's week seventeen, and I'm doing this, and I'm going to entertain the heck out of all of you. So this is <laughs> this is what you get.
1: Two things: one, I would think that if anybody in the country would understand the value of mittens, it would be people from Minnesota. Like what? I would think that that's something that they would understand. <laughs> uh, and two, uh, that members-only jacket that you're describing, I just imagine Steve Trevor wearing it in Wonder Woman eighty-four. Um, oh yeah, I totally could see him rocking that in Wonder Woman eighty four. Uh, all right, running back Mike, uh, who who's your? I almost gave it away. Who's your running back that you're not starting?
2: No, you can say Mike Davis. Okay, just, Mike Davis. You know what? It's been fun. Like I I appreciate everything that Mike Davis was able to do this season, and I know that anybody who drafted Christian McCaffrey one point oh one were disappointed until you know for a couple of weeks Mike Davis played exceptionally, and it got to the point to where like. How much, how much is Christian McCaffrey gonna suffer when he returns? Like, apparently, not at all. Like Mike Davis is fine. He is what he is. He's a limited, he's you know, he's a good player. He's a good, he's an NFL player, he's good in a situation, he's a good situational running back. But I think for the long term, it's not gonna work. I mean, it is what it is. And I think this week I don't like the matchup, so I'm gonna have to leave him on the bench. And I appreciate everything that he was able to do. I started benching him for Jeff Wilson and miles gaskin at any any anyway so it's like yeah it's okay it worked out but uh mike davis even even with the lack of running backs going around i think that this is one where i'm going to try to avoid it uh don't yeah i mean he's been great but i'm like i i think there's better options
1: i i agree i think you know it was it was fun early on just fun while it lasted but i think the novelty has sort of worn off uh on mike davis uh wide receiver this is a name that I I really have tried to be supportive and be a fan and it just hasn't really worked out. So I I completely understand sitting this guy. Well, he's
2: been inconsistent. Like he was fine last week. Of course, we're talking about Christian Kirk. He was targeted 10 times. And as somebody that really needed a huge game from DeAndre Hopkins, every time they went to Christian Kirk, I'm like, why? Like just force it to D hop, like, like get it done. But again, this matchup this week against the LA Rams is a tough one. This defense has been one of the best against receivers this season, if not the best. They're they're top three at the very least, depending on how the scoring breaks out. And again, I go back to the fact that I really do believe that this is going to be the Rams. The Rams are going to win this game. And I know that this is me as a Bears fan projecting it a little bit, but I just think that Sean McVay just has a thing with Cliff Kingsbury. And he's going it's to, just, it's just such an ultimate Sean McVay move to win a game With his backup quarterback, I think the defense will respond. I think the defense knows that they have to be the ones who step up this week. So that means, obviously, you start DeAndre Hopkins because that's not a player you ever sit. But
1: the periphery guys, like Christian Kirk, they need to take a seat on the bench. I think between the two of them, and this is just my own personal speculation—I have no, no idea if this is true—but like you're talking about two, you know, two young head coaches who are both praised for being, you know, offensive geniuses. They're both, you know, relatively good-looking guys who, uh, you know, have giant, beautiful homes in, in major media markets. And so I think that there's a little bit of pettiness, maybe, with Sean McVay. Uh, you know, yes, sort of like,
2: wait, sort like Aaron Rodgers. Speaking of pettiness, you saying that they're relatively attractive. It exudes a little bit of pettiness. Like Marcus, these guys are younger than us. They're way better looking than both of us. Like they're, they're handsome. They're, they're movie star, Chris Pine handsome. Like that's, (laughs) no, let's, that's not us be petty. Let's just call it the way it is. Like they're handsome gentlemen. Two young, attractive
1: gentlemen who are very good at scheming offenses. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of don't
2: like them for that. It's like, nah, you're, you're too handsome for me. Like get away. Like, I don't want you hanging
1: out with me. You need, you, need your head, you need your head coaches looking like Belichick, basically. Like they oh, just, my God. You know, then I feel great about myself. Like so yeah, in like a snowbank or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're tied in to avoid this week. Who is it?
2: I'm going to say Austin Hooper, who broke the string like the Jets had given up a touchdown to a tight end in five consecutive games. Here comes Austin Hooper. No available wide receivers, and you couldn't get into the end zone. This greatly disappoints me. The Steelers have been one of the toughest teams against tight ends this season. If they're not number one, they're number two. I know them and the Colts were going back and forth. So again, depending on the, how the scoring breaks out, because I see it on, it's different on different sites. Steelers are tough against tight ends. I would look at somebody else. I would look at perhaps. I know that Tyler Higby's got a tougher matchup because the, the Cardinals have actually been pretty good against tight ends this week or this season. So I would look at somebody else. Like if you have Austin Hooper and you have somebody who's similar, like I'm not saying to go out and get a, what is it? Steven Alexander. Who's the tight end for the chargers? Steven Dave. No, Steven Alexander, whoever it is. But like, just take some caution with Austin Hooper this week.
1: I was just going to default back to Virgil Green. Because I feel like he was the tight end there for like a decade or whatever. So uh, that was, that was my first, <laughs> that was my knee jerk reaction. Uh, Steven Anderson is the guy that you were. Steven talking. Anderson. That's it. Uh, all right. you, know, like, you know,
2: that's actually not a terrible start this week, like for DFS and stuff, because mm-hmm. like the Chiefs give up a lot of production because last week I was all in on Hayden Hurst and he ended up scoring a touchdown. And I'm like, yeah, the Chiefs don't guard the tight end for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, not, not so much, uh, which is sort of weird because you figure they have practice against, you know, trying to cover a really good Kelsey. tight end. You Maybe saying, they've given so. up. They're like, yeah, we can't stop tight ends. <laughs> like, stop Not guy. every tight end is Travis Kelsey, guys. <laughs> uh, and then your defense to avoid this week. Who is that?
2: Oh my gosh. I was like, I thought I think we're done. Uh, Panthers. I just don't want to play the Panthers. Valiant effort last week against the FT, but I think Matt Rule has done an exceptional job. You know what? You did um you did great work. You beat Washington, it was fun. But now this week, I don't know. I don't want to chase the points or do anything like that. So the Panthers. Uh, if you're if you're looking for a defense this week and you're looking like, oh, based on what happened, no, 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 go and pick up the Browns. I think you'll be better off for it, so leave them on the wire.
1: There it is. Alright, uh, if you want more of that, you can go check it out uh, for one last time this year at NFL.com slash start sit. It's time for Best Value, presented by DraftKings. Every week we try to get you the most bang for your fantasy buck. For anybody playing daily fantasy this week, so we go position by position. So if you're looking for a value this week, rank uh, where are you going in draft games?
2: Yeah, I kind of uh, went against the spirit of this exercise because I just <laughs> wanted to say that. I, but no, like legitimately, any, any lineup that I'm building, I would pay up for Aaron Rodgers. And I would probably pay up for Devontae Adams and then try to fill it out other places. I think that, again, it's always, I understand people are trying to be saving some bucks here at the quarterback position because it is one that's easier to kind of, you could lock in on, Justin Herbert, but even Justin Herbert was not enough of a step down for me. Even the guy that you're going to be talking about. I'm like, no, I don't trust it. Like I, why would I not go with the guy (laughs) who I know is super petty wants to go out there and throw seven touchdowns against this bears defense. So I, again, like as the rational human being and not trying to take the fanboyness out of it and be like, this guy's terrible. Like he's obviously very good. And I think that this is a perfect opportunity to where normally we would advocate, spend some, or save some money at this position i'm saying spend it like spend it like every once in a while like I, i'm getting together with a couple of buddies in a couple of weeks and we're gonna go golfing and they're like talking about these dog tracks and i'm like dude let's i don't play a royal Tribuco, which is like a high dollar south orange county golf course like i'll spend the money like i'm not doing it every week but for this special occasion i'll do it and i think this is the time
1: Sometimes value isn't necessarily about saving money; it's about getting the most for your money. And I think you can make a case that Aaron Rodgers uh, will get you the most for for whatever it is salary wise you got to spend on him. Uh, I'm still going to be cheap though uh, and go with Philip Rivers uh, at his spot there, going against the Jaguars, just because this is a big game for the Colts. Uh, I think there are like five teams in the AFC right now. Let me uh, do my math: five teams in the AFC that are all ten and five, and so. Uh, the seating for those spots four through seven in the AFC could change dramatically based on what happens this week. And the Colts are very much in the mix, although at the moment they are on the outside looking in, but the matchup is great. Uh, they have a lot to play for. So I think Phillip rivers will figure it out. Of course, now that I say that there's going to be at least one backbreaking soul crushing interception that he throws uh, at some point in the fourth quarter of this game, whatever um, running back. Who's your value pick this week?
2: Well, I, I apologize because I put in Melvin Gordon because I did this. When I do my start-sit list, that comes out uh, on Monday night, or actually Tuesday morning at 1 a.m., and I send it out to a bunch of people. Our producer, Ryan Bartlett's included on that list. I apologize that there's some overlap with my start and sit. So I said Melvin Gordon for the obvious reasons. The Raiders really struggled stopping the run this year. Receivers catching the ball out of the backfield can be a, a problem for them as well. So – I really like Melvin Gordon and to give you a bonus one, cause I should have done a better job of this and making sure that I wasn't <laughs> repeating myself it's JD McKissick. I think would be kind of fun this week as well. You know, somebody, again, if I'm paying up for Aaron Rodgers, I have to find somebody who's a little bit cheaper. And I think of a team and I'm trying to find a team that's still playing for something. And I look at, you know, how well the Cowboys were able to pass against um, this Eagles defense last week. I think that the top receivers though, or you know Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas, and J.D. McKissick. I know Sims will work into the mix as well, but I think McKissick would be somebody to take a take a
1: flyer on. I do like that one. I went I went with Leonard Fournette this week because uh, at the time I was putting this together, you know Ronald Jones still on the COVID list, still dealing with uh, an injured finger. I know it's trending in the right direction for Rojo to play in this one. So if he does play, then then I would certainly probably pivot away from Leonard Fournette a little bit and maybe go to a guy like McKissick. But, you know, if there is no Ronald Jones this week, as you, know, you mentioned, Rank, uh, Bruce Arian says they are going to go for it this weekend uh, against the Falcons. The matchup is, is not great, but I think it's good enough that if Fournette gets a majority of the touches that he can go out and be productive. But like I said, if Ronald Jones ends up playing, then I would probably switch this over to somebody else. But for now, uh, we're going to stay with Leonard Fournette. Uh, wide receiver. I saw this, and I was like, hmm, I was very intrigued by your value pick at, at wide receiver.
2: Well, this is this is the problem. If you want to sit there and stack Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams, you got to go deep at a position <laughs> that you feel comfortable doing it at. And I think Braxton Berrios is somebody that I, I don't mind playing at all. And I know that it's a little bit of chasing the fantasy points because last week, he caught a touchdown pass from Jamison Crowder. But I'm also banking on the Braxton Berrios revenge game. That's right, the former Patriot. And I think, you know, based on what we saw on Monday night, that this is now, and, and Miami's been doing this as well. Is like this is this is the Scott Farkas episode or the, the Scott <laughs> Farkas part of the of the Patriots dynasty where now everybody's coming in and taking swings. And the Jets have already lost out on the number one pick. Go for it. Go crazy. Do what you got to do. Sam Darnold's going to be out there throwing the rock all over the field. This is a value pick. I'm rolling the dice with Braxton
1: Berrios, and I feel pretty good about it. Uh, I definitely like that pick. I, I'm gonna go and you know, I, I had Phillip Rivers at the quarterback spot. If I can get a value stack, I think I'm okay with that. So Zach Pascal uh, is a guy that I'm looking at. Ooh, Ooh. we have sort of kind of run through the the gamut of of Colts wide receivers. A few weeks ago, about a month ago, it was it was Michael Pittman. Then we pivoted over to T. Y. Hilton. The last couple of weeks, it's been the Zach Pascal show. He's got three touchdowns in his last two games. Uh, you see that 15 or more fantasy points in back-to-back games for him. So uh, I like him as a value pick. And again, you can sort of stack there. And then that still leaves your room probably probably for, you know, somebody like a Devontae Adams or, or somebody big time maybe at the running back spot uh, if you do that. Uh, tight end. Um, I, again, I like your tight end pick too. I think you, you sort of explained why, but you can explain again. I know.
2: Again, I apologize. I use them in, <laughs> in in another segment. It's another sponsored segment. So these get clipped off and go into two different places. So I do like Jimmy Graham this week. I do believe that this Bears offense has shown like they're one of the top scoring offenses over the last month. And ever since they handed the play calling duties over to Bill Laser, they've done a great job of working to Mitch Trubisky's strengths, letting him get outside of the pocket, letting him like, you know, improvise a little bit. You know, he makes some bad plays, but you know what? His legs are what made him so good during their playoff run a couple of years ago. He's finally getting back to that. So I like Jimmy Graham this week. And uh, a bonus one, too, I'll give you if you've been watching the whole show. Irv Smith is another Ooh, guy yes. that I would play. Right, right? Like Kyle Rudolph's not playing this week. Irv Smith should be another one. And he's he's somebody that I would look at, too. If you can't stack, if you can't fit in a Tunyon stack with Adams and, and Rodgers, I would definitely go with uh, either Jimmy Graham or Irv Smith
1: definitely like the irv smith pick too um i know the hashtag let irv swerve has been sort of uh, (laughs) circulating on twitter uh i've seen it once or twice so yeah in my mind it's (laughs) so in my mind it's like all over the place Uh, marcus sees it once like everybody's into this everybody's doing it man are you kidding uh also you know to apologize for for recycling names this isn't that other fantasy show we do where we you know have to have unique names for every single segment so it's cool uh i don't i don't mind um (laughs) I should pick my my value pick. It's Mike Gasicki. Uh, I got all distracted and stuff. Mike Gasicki is my value pick uh, at the tight end spot. And it's been sort of an up and down year for Gasicki. Although I do really feel like having Tua Tungavailoa as the quarterback has been better for him. Uh, as opposed to having Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitz is going to sling the ball deep down the field. He's going to get his wide receivers more involved. Uh, but Tua has been very good about looking to the tight end and has done wonders for him. And so uh, I like him this week in you know what is a kind of important game too for the Dolphins, who are finishing out another good year. Uh, they look like they are well, they're not actually. They're one of the four or the five teams at the ten and five. I was going to say they're locked into the the five spot in the playoffs, but not necessarily. So. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I do think Kosicki is going to get some some burn this week. Uh, our defensive starts at the value for the value uh, or whatever value defensive starts. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Who is yours? Well, I was
2: thinking about putting the Cowboys in here because we had them in the stardom situm. But once the decision was made to sit Ben Roethlisberger this week, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. I, I think that again with a team everything to play for going up against a. Going up against a defense or a, going up against an offense that's sitting there starting quarterback, I think you gotta play them. And so I think that the the Browns, this is a pretty good opportunity. And it is weird that you're talking about like the Dolphins, like there's gonna be a 10-win team in the AFC that does not make the playoffs. And then there's gonna be like the five-win Cowboys are gonna be the division champs of the NFC East. It's so crazy the way this works, but I think that the Browns have a pretty good opportunity this week. And I would definitely start them. They're a better price in the Cowboys too.
1: Uh, they are a better price than the Cowboys, but I'm still going to go with the Cowboys as my value pick. I, I sort of talked about it earlier. I mean, Daniel Jones has been a turnover machine, and, and that has so much to do with it. So uh, I, I would definitely put the Cowboys in, in that situation there. Look, uh, they've actually played pretty well defensively the last couple of weeks, or maybe it's just because they've played quarterbacks who turned the ball over a lot because they took advantage of uh, Nick Mullins a couple weeks ago. And you know they did a, a decent job on Jalen Hurts, so – maybe they're figuring it out late in the season. So uh, that that's probably my, my biggest rationale for, uh, for picking the Cowboys in this one. Uh, all right. That was best value presented by DraftKings. It's time for best of the pack presented by Panini trading cards. Every week we break open a pack of cards. We find three of them that seem interesting and we chat them up. So the first one, it's Antonio Gibson the running back for Ooh. the Washington football team. And, Obviously had a great year, was was a hype bunny in August as we got close to the season, and I I would say he lived up to it. So the question is, did he live up to it enough, Frank, that he is going to be a true fantasy RB1 in 2021?
2: Yeah, I definitely believe so. I, I think that, you know, until that toe injury, he was somebody that was going to be carrying people to some fantasy titles. He was, you know, a player that I missed out on Mike Davis in a lot of spots, And didn't have to settle, but I had Antonio Davis, or excuse me, Antonio Gibson on my roster and just started using him to great success. And now I'm really excited to see the direction that this Washington FT offense is going to go into. You know, a lot of it will depend on the quarterback. You know, if they bring in a guy who's who's multifaceted, who, you know, can do a lot of RPOs and do things to really take advantage of his skill sets, then we have a guy who can definitely be kind of a league winner moving forward. I, I know that he kind of, I don't know if it's, if Kenyon Drake's the the right type, I think he's a better version of Kenyon Drake. And given the opportunity, I think that he's going to be somebody that we're looking at in the second, third round, maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to base it on where we were drafting Miles Sanders and Kenyon Drake this year, but I think he's going to have that kind of hype this
1: offseason. I definitely think so. I mean, I felt like at the end of draft season this past year, uh, with all the hype, he sort of bumped up to about the fifth round, I think, in a lot of drafts. And so I think with what we've seen, uh, third round easily, possibly second round, it would not surprise me. And I, I I love the fact that he really can be on the field for three downs if Washington chooses to use him that way. They did use J.D. McKissick uh, a lot of times on third down as a pass catcher. But Gibson's shown he can do that. And, and he was probably more receiver than running back in college at Memphis. Uh, and I thought he took very well to the running back position. And I do think big things are coming and I wouldn't be surprised if next year we're talking about him as a top 10 or, or top 12 running back uh, in a lot of leagues. Um, all right. Next one, Jerry Judy for the Ooh. Denver Broncos. Yeah. It has not been, it has not been a great year. We, t- we talked about the rookie wide receivers and uh, there were expectations for Judy that he didn't you know necessarily live up to. There's a, I think there's a litany of reasons why he maybe was underwhelming this year, but uh, what do we expect next season is maybe there's some, some negative or positive regression coming for him next year. Well, yeah. Cause
2: that's one of the things that you look at some of the great wide, rookie wide receivers that we've seen so far this season. And you kind of want to blame the quarterback, but I go back and I, I, he, he made a couple of drops, you know, there were some that were on him, you know, and he's going to have to improve on. I do think that because of the lack of production this season, that he's going to end up being a nice value next year. That I think a lot of people are going to stay away from him. We'll see guys like Brandon Ayuk and other players who weren't as heralded as he was coming into the draft get picked ahead of him. But that'll work out. I, I think that this is going to be one that I'm probably going to try not to talk about during the off season. I'm not going to put him <laughs> in any of my mock draft Mondays. I'm not going to hype him up as a breakout candidate. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. And then every draft. I will study the ADP and I will pick him around early just for the upside. Cause I, I think that he can be exceptional. And I think that, you know, it, it it'll be interesting to see what the Broncos offense looks like next season. If they're committed to drew lock, if they upgrade the offensive line, it's just really like, this just seems like such a lost year for the Broncos, a team that I had high expectations for never really materialized. And I think that we've seen this enough in the NFL that when we sort of hype a team, like oh the Broncos, because they finished strong last year, they pulled the Chargers, won their last four games, finished seven and nine, and you know, well, I was I was very excited about this team coming into the season. Had some bad injury breaks. Next year might be the year that it comes through and comes together. So I think that it would be, it would be bad. <laughs> It would be. I'm trying to think of the the right whatever. It, don't pass on Jerry Judy next year. I think that there's an opportunity. Don't be burned by what you saw this season. Give him the benefit of the doubt. Know that the talent is there.
1: And that he can take a step forward next year. I thought there were flashes where Jerry Judy showed. You know why people were so excited about him in the draft this year. It didn't. He never really put it all together. I'll say this about the Broncos though. When everything's right, I think they've got a really good wide receiver core. I mean, they'll get Cortland Sutton back next year, hopefully healthy. Uh, They've got Jerry Judy. Tim Patrick has played really well. K.J. Hamler has shown that he can be a playmaker. They have Noah Fant there at the tight end spot. They are not hurting for pass catchers in this offense. And so some of it is going to be whether or not they believe Drew Locke is the guy. Um, But I do think you're right, though, that Judy is going to end up being sort of a value pick that people are going to look at what happened this year and sort of downgrade him. Uh, And if he does take that step forward, he ends up being potentially a really great uh, draft bargain for a lot of folks. All right. uh, Last one. This guy was a great draft bargain this year. It's Justin Jefferson for the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously an incredible draft value because uh, you took him very late in your draft. If at all, that's going to change next year. How high does he get drafted in twenty twenty one?
2: Yeah. I'm trying to think like how many receivers will go ahead of him. I mean, you have your normal stalwarts who will D hop and, and players like that. But I think that Jefferson probably ends up getting drafted ahead of guys like Julio Jones and players like that. And this was somebody that we were excited about coming into this year. I remember, you know, they let me do a mock draft alongside of Daniel Jeremiah and Chad and all those guys, Lance and all those guys. And I said that the Eagles should have drafted Justin Jefferson to the point that the Eagle fans are tired of hearing about it. I'll take this <laughs> a step further. Hey, Houston Texans, if you would have just gotten a first round pick for Deandre Hopkins, you could have had Justin Jefferson as well, but anyways, and still gotten David, whatever. Um, but I really do believe that he's only going to, he's only going to step forward. And I, I know that the the Vikings are going to want to always run the football as much as possible but I think that they've shown that even when they're a run first team, there's enough opportunities for guys like Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. And I think next year, Justin Jefferson's just gonna blow by Adam Thielen. Not that Adam Thielen's bad or anything like that, but it's really gonna be Justin Jefferson's year. And you gotta remember, you know, this is a this is a player that came in this season with a limited, limited training camp, not a lot of, you know, mini camps or anything like that. And he came in and was a stud which is kind of what we talked about. Like Joe Brady knows what he's doing. He played in that LSU system. So he's ready to go. But another full off, but a full real offseason mm-hmm. with the NFL in an NFL system. This guy's going to be lights out. Like, we might be talking about the first receiver off the board. Let's get crazy, Marcus.
1: <laughs> uh, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if in some leagues maybe maybe he does come off the board as the first wide receiver. I I think I'm, – I'm glad you said Julio because that was sort of the name I was thinking of. Is like where does he go in relation to Julio Jones? And I do think he's probably going to go ahead of Julio probably in a lot of leagues. I, I, I've got him sort of pegged right now as a third-round pick. I think he's probably going to be one of the top ten receivers – off the board in a lot of leagues. Um, You know, I will pat myself on the back because I said he was the rookie wide receiver with the highest upside in the first year. I don't know about necessarily long-term. I think that still might be CD lamb, but I did think he was uh, poised to step in and and produce right away. Mostly because Kirk cousins tends to just funnel most of his targets to two guys. And you know, it it was before it was Adam Phelan and Stefan Diggs. So you take Diggs out, you put Jefferson in, uh, and he slid in and he, he replaced Diggs very nicely. Uh, you know, that's one of those trades where everybody wins. I know I'm not the first person to say this, uh, but the Bills obviously got a lot better with Stefan Diggs and the Vikings didn't really miss anything offensively by plugging him in with Justin Jefferson. So uh, I, I do think that, you know, if you were able to get the draft discount on Jefferson this year, enjoy it because it's going away. You're just not going to get it next year. (laughs) That's all. That's all there is to it. Um, Okay. That was Best of the Pack, presented by Panini Trading Cards. So I know for a lot of folks, your fantasy season is already over, and there are a lot of people who are celebrating championships. Congratulations to you for that. Uh, Something that I know has become uh, very popular in recent years and and certainly something that we – encourage and and appreciate is that uh, if there is a player uh, that helped you win a fantasy championship maybe it's alvin Kamara, uh, maybe it's stefan diggs or josh allen that a lot of fantasy managers are taking part of what they win and donating it to that specific player's charity and uh, i know there are uh, lists that are out there maybe the best one i found if you go on twitter it is champion causes Uh, it is a list that is being curated and compiled by michael gelkin who is one of the beat writers for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, he's put together a list of as many NFL players as he can find and their respective charities. So uh, it's worth going to check it out, at Champion Causes on Twitter. Uh, you can find the list there. If there is a player that helped you win a championship and you want to donate a little bit of your winnings to that player's charity, by all means, do so. Uh, it is certainly a worthwhile cause. And, you know, it's nice to send of give back to these guys who uh, you know put out a lot of work for our own entertainment uh, I just kind of try to help out and show that that you care about what they do. Um, and if yeah. I can
2: say one thing
1: on that, please, yeah, is if I don't know if he's on the list,
2: but I'm going to do my best to try to find it. If you played Young Way Ku this year, donate to his charity because people are being mean to him for that miss against the Chiefs. And it's like, you know what? That guy carried you for so many weeks that I think that you should go and do something nice for him. So that's. I lost in a bunch of leagues. Like I lost, I went 0 for 6 on Super Bowl Sunday. So I have nobody to donate to, but I'm going to go, I'm going to find young ways and find and uh, help him out.
1: Absolutely. I think that is uh, definitely worthwhile. Yeah, you don't have to do it just because you won. If you want to just go and help out. I mean, that always, uh, I think, is appreciated by a lot of folks. All right. So we haven't actually officially named an MVP for for 2020, although I I would suspect what? Didn't we do that on the Tuesday show of Fantasy Live? Well, we did our own individual MVPs. I don't think we have a consensus one. I don't know. Uh, Josh Allen? Sure. Probably. Uh, Alvin Alvin Kamara has the most fantasy points through 16 weeks. So maybe it's Alvin Kamara. Uh, I don't know. Uh, But what we are going to do is name our MVP for 2021. So uh, we're going to fast forward 12 months from now. We're at the end of the 2021 fantasy season. And Adam Rank, who is going to be the fantasy most valuable player?
2: Well, I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. And I think going into next season, they figured out what they have with him. And it was, you know, it took a little bit of time for some of these rookie running backs because, you know, again, limited, limited offseason. And so they, it, it takes some time to understand an NFL offense, especially for running backs, because a lot of it is pass production or pass protection, excuse me, and other little nuances that we don't see. We just think, you know, a lot of people are like, you're just running the football. How hard is that? But it's like, there's a lot of things that you need to be able to do, especially when the quarterbacks or audible at the line so much. So I look at Jonathan Taylor using this offseason as a springboard into something better. And it'll be interesting to see the way the Colts are constructed next season. You expect them to have one of the best offensive lines in football. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. If they have a mobile quarterback, I think that only adds to Jonathan Taylor's value as well. So I think that he takes that step forward in next year. You know, I don't think he's going to be 101, take it off the board. But I think that he's going to end up being the best running back for fantasy enthusiasts next season.
1: I think what we saw from him in the back half of the season suggests that really big things are coming for him next year. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, I don't think, is going to be part of the mix. Uh, Maybe you see some Naheem Hines, but it's going to be the Jonathan Taylor show in Indianapolis. I'm going to go quarterback and I'm going to go with Kyler Murray, who was lights out to start the year slowed down i think because of that shoulder injury we saw sort of mid-season i know he didn't have a great game last week uh, against the 49ers but i mean this is still a guy that was a top three quarterback pretty much all season long i would think he's going to be drafted as a top three quarterback which means if you want to have kyler murray on your team chances are you're probably going to have to draft him in like the third or fourth round because that's just probably going to be the asking price but i think the upside is huge i think especially if they do something to sort of uh, beef up that wide receiver group. We know how good New Hopkins is. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is probably retiring. I would think that we have we may have be seeing the last of him uh, this weekend, uh, depending on whether or not the Cardinals make the playoffs. Uh, Christian Kirk has sort of been underwhelming, so I would think that that maybe the Cardinals try to pick up uh, at least one pass catcher to help out, but. Kyler can still run the football effectively. And I think that's going to go a long way. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about him, uh, maybe the way we talked about Josh Allen uh, a lot this year and, and have him be my, uh, my fantasy MVP, um, which brings us to the end of the show. And I guess this is the point where I want to just shout out the, the people that I think really are the MVPs. And uh, it's the folks who helped us put this thing together all year long. Um, and I know I'm going to miss some names until I apologize for that, but, uh, you know, between Hytham Kalani and Ryan Bartlett and Christy Stapleton and Zach Saley and so many of the folks uh, behind the scenes whose faces you never see, whose voices you never hear, uh, whose names you generally don't know about. Uh, but who really, you know, help us do this whole thing. I mean, this was our first year doing a streaming show. Uh, I am grateful to the folks who let me sit in this seat and do it uh, for them, believing that I wasn't going to burn the house down. So uh, I'm I'm certainly grateful for that. I'm grateful for uh, Kimmy and Adam and Florio who sat in and, and you know, kind of t- took this ride with me this year. And mostly I'm just grateful for all of you out there who watched this thing, because if you didn't watch it, uh, they probably would have pulled the plug on this thing a long time ago so uh hopefully it was enjoyable hopefully it was entertaining rank i certainly yeah you and i have been through we've been through this uh for a while this is my 10th season uh we have been through some some ups and downs and a whole lot of changes here and uh i certainly appreciate you kind of taking this ride with me as well
2: yeah it was a lot of fun you know and you did a great job of, of taking this over and owning the show and it was very entertaining i know i've gotten a lot of positive feedback from people who've really enjoyed it especially people who don't have access to NFL network and streaming shows like this is how they get their fantasy information. So big, big, uh, big ups to you, man. You really, you really took charge of this thing. And um, I couldn't be more proud of the work that you've done this season and for the last decade too. So keep going and uh, can't wait for next season.
1: That, uh, and again, I appreciate all of you out there watching it. So for the last time, at least on the streaming show. We'll still do an audio podcast, but for the last time on the streaming show, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, this is not a goodbye, just a temporary absence until you all return with gifts. Be safe, take care of yourselves, wear a mask, have a happy 2021, and we will see you next season.